Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. No one is more locked From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. All right, let's go to the AFC South, and we're going to we'll get to Jacksonville and Tennessee, and that'll be a little different than the first fourteen, or I guess the first six teams that we talked about. But I wanted to lump Indy and Houston together because I just find it fascinating. Two division rivals in the top four, both needing a quarterback with a team at one that's willing to trade. How much do you think, especially if you're Chris Ballard sitting there at four, that you are motivated to get in front of him to get your guy so that, yeah, I because you'll never know for sure that he, that your guy is also Houston's guy. But I would be staring at the ceiling every single night when I go to bed thinking, okay, my guy's Will Levis, my guy's Richardson, my guy's Bryce Young. What if that's Houston's guy, and not only do I not get him, but I got to play him twice a year? I just can't imagine that existence. And I would think that Indy would be very motivated to get in front of Houston. I think if Ballard isn't, I think if Ballard ultimately has the final say on that, I don't think they will, but I don't think he does. And I think what you just said, I think the person who probably thinks that way even more than the GM is Ursay. I think Ursay, I think the two owners that are involved with these teams, McNair in Houston and Ursay in Indianapolis, I would be shocked in both cases if they left their GMs to do their jobs and take who they wanted with those picks. I'd be stunned. I think McNair is going to make the pick for Houston on a quarterback. And I think Ursay is going to do the same thing for Indianapolis. I really believe that. And I think Ursay, the guy, he can't help himself. He already said the young kid looks good at a press conference when there was no reason to say it. With Ballard sitting next to him saying, he might have been having the bag when he said it. Yeah, I mean, he is just a total loose cannon. So that's your best bet, Danny, is that I could see Ursay being like, I'm obsessed with this quarterback. He watches like a two-minute, or any of these guys, 
he watches like a few highlights on Twitter and is like, go get this guy for me. I want to call him and say, hey, so-and-so, you're coming to Indianapolis. We just made you a Colt. I think he's obsessed with that. I think it's an ego thing. I think he'd love to say we have the number one pick and I took Manning there and I took Luck there and I just took this quarterback there. I agree with you. I've said it since the season ended that the Bears trading from one to four and getting to move up from four to one, getting the 35th pick in the draft and next year's first is a trade that makes too much sense. It matches up on the trade value chart. You recoup the second round pick. Basically, you gave up 32 for Claypool. You get the 35th pick and you get to go into next year with two first round picks and hope that Indy is top 10 bad again. And maybe you've got ammunition to move up and get Marvin Harrison Jr. or whatever you need to continue building out your team next year. I think it's the most obvious trade on the board. I honestly do think it makes, I don't think it's a crazy thing for the Colts to do either. They've tried Jacoby Brissett and Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers. Like, Oh, yeah. They're not going to go, I think, with the veteran quarterback. I think they've tried it too many times. I don't think Ursay will let them. No, I, think I, don't think they're going, they... I don't think going with the veteran quarterbacks on the board, but I, don't, I, I think it also makes sense to not go with the second choice. Now, to your point, their first choice might be not be the same as Houston's, right? Like there might, there might be a difference of opinion among the league. But normally there is a consensus among these guys. And I just I just think the, that he's going to have conviction to be sure that he gets his guy. Yeah, and I could see, man, I could see Ballard lying to Ursay being like, we're not getting phone calls, or they won't take like just the the you have somebody in that job who is supposed to be like doing the responsible thing. And you have an owner who we saw this year with Jeff Saturday wants to do things his way. So, you know, that part of it, I think Ballard might think on his own that the Texans would find a, find a way to screw that pick up. And he'll just stand pat at four and take whoever's best available player is. But we know that these things don't exist in a vacuum that owners they own the team because they love getting involved in shit like this, Danny. Yeah, that's right. And listen, you, I, I, a GM could make an argument, yeah, maybe this guy's slightly better than the other, but I'll make up the difference for that by holding on to the 35th pick and next year's first, and the owner says, yeah. screw that, go get the best quarterback. All right, Jacksonville. This team is fascinating. This team is fun. Tennessee, they're the exact opposite. But we'll do Jacksonville here first because that's how I wrote it down. Uh, last year they had all the cap space and they had the number one pick and they had the new coach. It was so easy to see how they were going to improve, uh, the team this year. There's going to be continuity. What do you think the path is for year over year improvement for the playoff team? That was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Honestly, it's just keep on doing what you're doing. I don't think they need a significant upgrade. They brought Engram back on the franchise tag. They got a bargain in year one. Now they're going to pay a premium to keep him around for year two. I like that because, you know, he's going to be motivated to put up numbers again. You know, with the Giants, he was so inconsistent. He was so up and down. I think having him on a one-year deal keeps him focused again for this upcoming season. 
So I like that. If I were them, I wouldn't even want to work out a long-term deal with them. And so you add Ridley once he gets reinstated. Kirk, you just hope he has the same year as last year. Zay Jones came on too. It was really good. I mean, you've got weapons out the butt. And then you've got ETN another year removed from his knee injury. Your offensive line made strides as the year went on. It's another year for Lawrence in that system. Their defense is young. Devin Lloyd will be in year two. Quay Walker will be in year two. So I think they're in a great spot, man. I really do. That division's so bad. Their over-under will probably be inflated. I won't bet, like, there's no way I'll bet they're under. Maybe their over will be too pricey and it'll get set too high. Or maybe it won't. I mean, is there a chance Vegas looks at them like the Bengals in some way and thinks, well, even though they're in a bad division, they'll regress and maybe we'll set the number at like nine and a half or something like that? I hope they do because I will hammer that if that's the case. I think they're a great bet to win 11 or 12 games next year without even looking at their schedule. Yeah, I think that, I mean, everything you said about their offense, I completely agree with. I also am of the belief that you can never have too many too many weapons. You know, the, the Chiefs just keep spending resources on weapons and they figure it out. But they had a lot of pressures last year, but not a lot of sacks. And they played a ton of nickel, but don't have a lot of good corners. It it feels like continuity on offense, let let Lawrence mature and master a system, right? It's been three offenses in three years yep. for him. And let continuity be the thing on offense and draft a corner, draft a pass rusher. You know, they don't have the money. They don't, they're not going to spend a ton in free agency. You mentioned Engram with the franchise tag. That's a big cap hit. They didn't have a lot of money to begin with. But you hit if you hit on a couple of your first and your second round pick. And you make you get an impact player on the defensive side of the ball, and all of a sudden Walker takes that leap, lives up to his draft position, and now him and Josh Allen can actually get home to the quarterback. I think you got something there because I think Lawrence is special. Though Peterson did come out and say, like, "What's the next step for him?" He said, "Leadership." Which, if they were in the NFC, I'd pick him to go to the Super Bowl next year. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I don't. They, they don't have the depth that the Eagles have, but. Lawrence would be the, the obviously the best passing quarterback in the conference. So it's uh they they would certainly be in the conversation. Uh Tennessee. Their draft history, man, is I'd fire the new GM already. I would already get rid of the guy. He said one of the dumbest things. Ray I Carpon, would fire right? him. Yes. I would fire him right now. He made a comment about how football, how the Golden State Warriors of the NFL, you don't win that way. That's not how football is played. When the weather gets cold, you play defense and run the ball. I would have gotten on the phone <laughs> and said, you fly back to Nashville right now. You're done. You're, You're gone. Right. If you actually believe that, you have the shortest career as a general manager in the history of the NFL. See ya. What is wrong with these people? Mike McCarthy, what he said about Kellen Moore... Oh, about the clock and everything else. Brutal. He's like, he's like, I used to be like Kellen Moore where I wanted to run up the scoreboard and score a bunch of points. But now I understand you need to run the ball to rest your defense. Hey, Mike, it's okay if your defense is tired, if you're scoring touchdowns every possession, you dummy. And you know what else rests your defense? First downs by throwing the football. Like this, these people are just insane. Uh, But they've drafted... 
They have three Pro Bowlers in their last six drafts, none in their last three. And they've been a competitive playoff team. That is insane. And, but like, Taylor Luan is gone. And so they need a tackle. And they traded A.J. Brown. And they need a receiver. So like, as long as Carthon, just through dumb luck, hits at a slightly higher clip than zero in his first couple of drafts, and the division is so bad, with Vrabel... They're not in a terrible spot. Now, they need to get better as a pass defense. They were great as a run defense, but nobody runs the ball in the NFL anymore. So, like, gotta, you could pass on Tennessee, no problem. So, like, they've got, they've got a bunch of needs, so he can just go to best player available. But their draft history is staggeringly bad. I would, if I were them, I would almost verbatim what I said about Atlanta. I'd probably play Malik Willis all year. And if it worked, great. If it didn't, I'm in the sweepstakes for those two quarterbacks next year. Yeah. I would try to tell a team out there that maybe, you know, missed out on a quarterback that they wanted in free agency that can't, you know, get up to where they want to be in the top 10 to take one of these other quarterbacks. Hey, like we'll eat a lot of what's left on Ryan Tannehill's contract. You can have them for like a mid round pick, maybe you get someone to take that deal. I don't know, but that to me, like Vrabel has, has won with lesser talent. I think he's benefit. I think he's taken advantage of that weak division. They had the best record in the NF in the AFC two years ago, but their ceiling is so low. Yep. That if I were them and you got a first year GM, who doesn't work for me, so he's not going to get fired right now. Um, I would be, I would be full blown tank. You know, I'm always on board for that sort of thing, man. Like, if you can't win the Super Bowl and you don't have a franchise quarterback, you may as well try to do everything you can to go get one. Uh, all right, which division are we doing next week? East or West? Uh, let's do East. All right, NFC East, AFC East. Next week, we're recording these on Thursdays in the offseason to drop for your Friday morning commute and your weekend. Thank you to Spencer Ray, our producer, who did say they do still test for weed at the Combine. So thank you to Spencer Ray for that hard work for Spencer tonight. That's the only thing we asked him to look up. Nice nugget. Yeah, very nice nugget. Uh, he's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkins. Tell a friend, subscribe, rate, review, first and pod. Thank you.